Hello all, I'm Nora Santelman, and I read Becoming Tongan, an Ethnography of Childhood, by Helen Martin Lee, as part of the World Ethnography Project. It was published in 1996 by the University of Hawaii Press. It costs $11.58 to buy it new in paperback form on Amazon. In 1979, Helen Martin Lee took a month-long trip to Tonga, and she was hooked. She soon returned to take a teaching position at a school for girls in the capital, Nukuolofa. At the beginning of 1980, Helen Martin Lee married a Tongan man named Sion. It was here where she began really seeing what Tongan childhood was like, both through her nieces and her own experiences with her children. Though she ended her marriage soon after the birth of her son, Paul, Helen Martin Lee returned to Tonga with him six years later, and then two years after that, to do field work. During this second trip back, she also gave birth to her daughter, Rosie. Through her experiences, Dr. Lee became increasingly interested in childhood in Tonga. These influences led to over a year of research, which, combined with personal experience, culminated in this ethnography. Helen Martin Lee studied anthropology at Macquarie University in Sydney, Australia, and received her doctorate from the Australian National University in Canberra. Currently, she is a senior lecturer at La Trobe University in Melbourne, Australia, where she teaches anthropology. Dr. Lee continues to be interested in Tongan children and their socialization. More recently, though, she has become increasingly interested in the migration of Tongans to other countries in search of work and its effect on Tongan culture and tradition both in Tonga and in the new communities being formed abroad. She is also interested in the impact of remittances back in Tonga and how distance affects kinship ties. Becoming Tongan itself is a very cohesive and in-depth look at Tongan childhood and socialization. In the introduction of the book, Dr. Lee introduces herself. She describes her history on Tonga, her previous marriage to Sion, and an overview of life when she was living as a Tongan during her marriage. Dr. Lee also gives a glimpse of what previous studies of Tonga have mentioned about children and childhood. From this history, she expands to her own goals within this ethnography. Specifically, Dr. Lee states in the in introduction on page 3 to page 4, To attempt to understand the process of becoming Tongan, I initially turned to cross-cultural accounts of socialization. I discovered that the question of how a child becomes a member of a culture has been of concern to anthropologists since the discipline first emerged. However, this question has not been central to the anthropological project because of assumptions that were made about the unproblematic process of socialization, as will be discussed in Chapter 1. I have found valuable, more recent approaches to socialization from within other disciplines that emphasize its dynamic, interactive nature. 
In focusing on the question of how children become Tongan, I am concerned with questions of identity and of personhood, self, and emotion. My interest is in what Tongans value as Tongan, as well as how this concept is undergoing constant transformation. To thoroughly explore the ethnography of childhood in Tonga, I draw together a number of theoretical strands from recent sociological approaches to socialization, ethnopsychology, language socialization studies, and work on cultural identity and tradition to demonstrate the value of placing children and childhood at the center of anthropological discourse. My aim is also to address the lack of any comprehensive study of Tongan childhood. Other Polynesian societies have been the subjects of intensive socialization studies, as well as broader ethnographic accounts from a range of theoretical perspectives. Reading these accounts, many of which are mentioned in this book at relevant points, I found much that resonated with my observations of childhood in Tonga, and some aspects that seemed to vary significantly. My understanding of Tongan childhood was particularly influenced by my investigation of Brad Shore's notion of double socialization in Western Samoa in my honors thesis. Shore's complex analysis of Samoan social relations deals only briefly with childhood, but his concept of double socialization raises the issue of children learning apparently contradictory values in the process of socialization, an issue I have explored in the Tongan case. The absence of a detailed study of Tongan childhood created a considerable gap in the regional literature. Previously, I have described children as missing persons in the history of Tonga. The earliest accounts of Tonga, by castaways, explorers, and missionaries, seldom gave descriptions of the daily lives of the Tua, commoner population, and even less often mentioned Tua children. These scant early references to children tend to be of three types, very generalized portrayals of children as primitive, carefree innocents, detailed descriptions of child sacrifice and finger amputations, and scattered references to particular aspects of childhood, such as children's games. Then, on page 5, Dr. Lee continues. My own study spans the whole of childhood, from before birth to late adolescence. Throughout my account, I indicate which part of this broad span I am discussing, where there is differentiation, by using terms such as infant, toddler, older child, and adolescent. It should be borne in mind, however, that people in their 20s are often treated as children, as in the demands made on them for obedience and the continued use of physical punishment in many cases. The line between childhood and adulthood is not socially marked and is always blurry. In my account, I am concerned to situate children within the wider social context in which they live. I share Torin's view that to study children as if their social world is somehow separate from that of adults is to provide an inadequate analysis. Thus, one of my central claims is that the power relations, value orientations, and concepts of competent personhood evident in the context of child socialization are also features of relations within the wider social hierarchy.
As she says, her main objectives in her research are to give a full and in-depth view of Tongan childhood and place it within the broader patterns of Tongan society. This aim shines throughout the book as she effortlessly moves between the, these two areas and carefully intertwines them. Dr. Lee manages to create a sophisticated and thorough study of Tongan society and socialization while also managing to be easy to read and understand. In the first chapter, Dr. Lee begins by discussing a, a variety of theories about socialization from a variety of scholarly fields, including anthropology, sociology, and psychology. She also explains ethnopsychology and how it helped to broaden her view to include ideas such as gender, historical context, and power in her research. Then in Chapter 2, The Kingdom of Tonga, Dr. Lee takes a fuller view of Tongan society as a whole, discussing such ideas as the Tongan way and social structures down to the more concrete realities of life in the villages and households of Tonga. She then proceeds to discuss ideas of pregnancy and reproduction in Tonga in Chapter 3. She also goes into detail about ideas surrounding childbirth and infant care. This includes the belief that a woman's difficult labor might be caused by her husband's sister and that massaging a baby's legs will prevent knock-knee. The chapter ends with a detailed description of the first birthday and the enormous festivities involved. The fourth chapter dives into the notion of personhood in Tonga and the importance of poto, which translates to social competence. In learning to be poto, adults teach children the correct way of being, including how to display love and concern, known as ofa, respect, obedience, and independence in socially acceptable ways. Dr. Lee also describes ideas of inherent gender differences, such as that girls naturally are well-behaved, while boys aren't. Chapter 5 focuses on the four main areas of children's lives, interactions with kin, chores, school, and play, and how these areas socialize them. She points out how chores teach them to follow orders, and how play teaches hierarchies among peer groups. In Chapter 6, Learning to be Poto, the focus is shifted more from what is learned to how it is learned. In this chapter, Dr. Lee discusses the importance of performance, observation, and imitation, as well as language in socialization. Each plays a vital role in children's development at different times in their lives. Chapter 7 is likely the most challenging chapter for Western audiences to read as it deals with violence. Both physical punishments for children and other forms of violence are covered, such as the historical belief that sacrificing a child of a chief to the gods could heal the leader of illness. In Chapter 8, The Socialization of Emotion, Dr. Lee investigates the management of emotions in Tonga, primarily how humor and self-control are used to manage emotions. The final chapter of this ethnography takes a look into the future of childhood in Tonga. Dr. Lee highlights recent developments in Tonga and how they are impacting cultural identity and tradition. 
Dr. Lee's speculation on the future of Tonga invites the reader to make their own predictions on the changes to come. I personally really enjoyed this book. It is a very well-written ethnography. Dr. Lee isn't trying to show off with how complex she can make the sentences or structure, but instead lets the reader's mind focus on the subject matter itself. The book is littered with stories and examples of the various topics she covers, giving the audience a real view into what it means to be living and growing up in Tonga. Throughout much of the book, I was looking for similarities between life in Tonga and in the United States. For instance, values of love, respect, obedience, and independence are valued in both cultures, though the ways they manifest does vary. However, both cultures convey ideas that children owe their parents obedience and shouldn't talk back or question when they are instructed to complete a task. Additionally, traditional gender ideas and distinctions are similar in both cultures, with girls seen to be more nurturing and located in the home. At the same time, boys are supposed to be naughtier and spend most of their time outside. As I mentioned earlier, reading the chapter on violence may be difficult for Western audiences, as it poses such a stark contrast to what is acceptable in our culture. Learning about how children are hit to make them stop crying is difficult. Still, Dr. Lee does an admirable job of showing such punishments from multiple viewpoints and using such stories to depict cultural ideas of self-control, learning, and hierarchy. In all, I think this is an excellent introduction to ethnographies, and I highly recommend it to anyone interested in learning about the South Pacific, childhood, Tonga, or kinship. Thank you for joining me for this book summary and review, and remember to check out other reviews through the World Ethnography Project. I hope you have a beautiful day, and always remember to keep an open mind and an open book.